revisited. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Ben. I'm the senior pastor at Historic Trinity Church in downtown Savannah. I'm passionate about following Jesus, loving my family, enjoying all sports involving a ball, and a constant pursuit to find the perfect bottle of bourbon. And I'm Molly, a Methodist from the West Coast, but after moving to Savannah a few years ago, I found a home in Trinity and a friend of Ben's. My greatest joy in life is simply sitting on the front porch with my husband, my crazy dog, and a great bottle of red wine. Faith Revisited, we'll talk about our own church as we're constantly trying to adapt to an ever-changing world as a downtown historic church. We'll talk about United Methodist Matters as our denomination faces an exciting and uncertain future. We'll explore church leadership in the 21st century. And we'll talk to different faith leaders about their perspectives of religion today, how we can be more authentic, stop alienating people, and how faith is more important than ever to connect us to God and each other. Hey, maybe we'll touch on a topic that speaks to exactly where you are in your faith. We won't know until we try, right? Let's do it. Today, we're looking at three important topics of our church history, our current reality as a historic downtown church, and where we see the future going. The first point we're looking at is that Trinity Church was founded in 1848, and it actually started in 1812 at a different location. This means we've seen a lot of history. Second point is that our open and welcoming stance as a local church is happening in a denomination, the United Methodist Church, that just had a very public and frankly ugly conference over the nature of what it means to be an inclusive church. The third point we'll look at is that we'll begin a discussion of where we see the future of Trinity Church and really churches in general in light of our past, our current realities, and how we seek to welcome others into the life of the church moving forward into the future. So Ben, can you give a Sparknotes version of the founding of Historic Trinity Church? We are called the Mother Church of Methodism. What does that even mean? Well, we were the first Methodist church in the greater Savannah area. We're the mother church um, for a couple of reasons. We were first, but secondly, because we helped birth, I want to say seven or eight different congregations since okay. 1848 uh, in the uh, in the Savannah community. So we began in 1812 as Wesley Chapel at the corner of Lincoln and Oglethorpe. And members of that group were actually, they had links back to the original class meetings that John Wesley helped establish in Savannah in the late 1700s. The John Wesley. The John Wesley. Yes. The John Wesley before the Revolutionary War. uh, These class meetings were happening. They took a little break because of the war. And then uh, these folks and shopkeepers and business folk uh, who'd been a part of that decided to start a church in 1812 and then by 1848 they'd grown to over 150 people outgrew the space that they were in and they decided to move um, across downtown and in the process of moving changed the name from Wesley Chapel to Trinity Church and they were actually deeded the garden from the famous Telfair family that museums are named after now um, and they they planted and built 
um, a church. They have a sanctuary, and, and at that time, a one-story education building directly behind the church. And we have been here uh, since 1848 through through wars and tribulation and, and all kinds of American history. Um, we have been here on Telfair Square uh, for all of that time. That's really great. And it has been welcoming of all people for quite a long time, right? This isn't a new statement. Well, I think the church would say it's been welcoming of all people um, because we're a church, but but this intentional stance toward being radically welcoming of all people um, really roots back to the 1990s. Uh, the pastor at the time was uh, Reverend Dr. Ralph Bailey. Uh, the church had gone through an interesting point of its history because in 1991, the education building burned down. And the church had kind of gone through some some hard times with pastoral leadership. Um, It had been declining for a couple of years uh, in a tremendous way. And then fire broke out. And I mean, just the, the building was left in shambles and the membership role was um, was pretty, pretty slim. Uh, Ralph and his leadership um, decided that we, you know, this the time for us to become uh, an intentionally welcoming congregation. And so Ralph began reaching out uh, to different agencies and um, advocacy groups and uh, opening our space up to let people come have programs and really put the message out there that that Trinity Church is a place for all people and that we really mean it. We mean that that all people are welcome in the life of the church. Uh, the pastor that followed him uh, for the next 14 years, uh, uh, Reverend Enoch Hendry, uh, just kind of amplified that message even more. And so I'm really inheriting about 30 years of uh, a foundation that this church goes out of its way uh, to say that it is welcoming of all people, uh, of all ages, of all ethnicities, uh, all stages of life, gender, um, uh, sexual orientation, whatever it may be. Uh, We really make it a point to say everybody's welcome. That's great. So in turn, the United Methodist denomination what is a little bit of background? What happened recently? Why was it in the news? What's going on? Yeah, we, we had a little bit of bad PR the last I, couple I've of heard, weeks. Yes. Yeah, uh, you probably read in some major uh, uh, publications, national news outlets uh, carried a general conference. It was a special call general conference. Uh, we do them every four years. They happen to fall on presidential election years. But in 2016, we said we we're going to have one in 2019 to deal specifically with the issue of what does it mean to be inclusive of LGBT folks. And this really follows, gosh, some 40 plus years of infighting as a denomination. Um, in 1972, we inserted language into our discipline uh, that said some. Uh, I'm, I'm, think I'm quoting it correctly, the practice of homosexuality is incompatible with Christian teaching. That line got inserted in 1972, and we've been fighting over it ever since. Hmm. Uh, We don't allow uh, same-sex couples to be married in our churches or by our clergy. Uh, We also do not, uh, according to the discipline, do not ordain um, a person who's, uh, and we are careful in how we word it, self-avowed practicing um, LGBT person, whatever that means. Uh, But it's been 40 plus years of fighting and so a couple weeks ago, we had a general conference to try to discern uh, what, what uh, as we called it, uh, the way forward was as a denomination that is very split uh, on this issue. And uh, we did pass a, a plan that's now under constitutionality questions, um, but it's a plan that upholds the current restrictive language. Uh, and it's a vote that... 
think percentage-wise was split 53-47, but it was a matter of 54 votes. That's very close. Yeah, 54 votes over, you know, out of 800-plus people. Um, and it wasn't received well by a number of people. And, and even the people who it was their preferred plan, I've talked to more and more of them who said, you know, I didn't feel like anything was won. Um, you know, the fighting was evident. The division was evident. Uh, the spirit was um, just very negative. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, we've we've kind of been dealing with that for a couple of weeks back to our local churches and trying to decide where does the United Methodist Church go next? Where do our conferences go next? Where do our local churches go next? And at Trinity Church, we recently, in the past few months, um, voted to be a reconciling. We are officially a reconciling ministry church. Um, so... What does that mean? How does this affect us? And we are in the South Georgia Conference, so we kind of stick out like a sore thumb. So are we swimming upstream? What's the deal? Yeah, so uh, back in October, we kind of took that foundation of being an inclusive church and discerned a process of saying that we felt God was leading us to uh, officially become uh, a reconciling church, to join Reconciling Ministries Network, which is a uh, a network of churches and people. You can be in a reconciling ministry member um, if your church is not a member and and it's really specifically for United Methodists who want to make sure that the church is open to all persons and uh, and most specifically um, persons who identify as LGBT and so it's churches that we we write welcome statements and we um, you know make sure that that everything we do uh, tries to be in line uh, with that notion of being radically welcoming. So, yeah, we did that back in October, and that was built off of the foundation, um, you know, as I mentioned, of 30-plus years or so of um, of being that, that open and inclusive church. I'll read for you real quick our welcome statement. It's a little bit wordy, but I think it we, we kind of did this to try to capture the fullness of it all. So here at Trinity Church, we believe that God's grace and love extends to all people, demanding of us a radical inclusiveness for Trinity Church. Radical inclusiveness means we believe when God offers grace to everyone, God doesn't care what you are, who you've been, where you come from, what the color of your skin is, who you love, what you believe or doubt, how old you are, how much you earn, what range, uh, what what your range of physical or mental abilities is, what your current sexual, what your sexual orientation is, or what your gender identity and expression may be. God doesn't care because God loves and extends grace to everyone, regardless. At Trinity Church, we seek to follow the example that God sets for us. I love that. We'll put a copy of it in our show notes on our website um, so that you could read it. But um, so what does that mean in the conference we're in, in South Georgia? Yeah, we we stick out a little bit. We Mm -hmm. are the second uh, of 600 plus churches in South Georgia. Uh, We are only the second to officially become a a reconciling uh, church. Um, You know, if we're talking about the way recent votes in our conference have gone, there's been pieces of legislation and things to to address issues of inclusivity. Um, And and they've been voted down pretty strongly. Um, You know, within our conference, I'd say we are definitely a minority on seeing um, the nuances of the fact that while Scripture has a hard time discerning um, 
what marriage looks like. I mean, you, you know, and I say that because, yes, we can all point out the favorite verses of scriptures between a man and a woman, but, you know, Old Testament vision of marriage is very dysfunctional, you know. <laughs> yes. um, polygamy is is common and, and just all kinds of abusive things that we say now are common. But in light of that, we read scripture through the lenses of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as such, you know, we believe that God makes each of us with a certain amount of grace within us, and to deny someone access to life in the church violates the gospel call that says everybody uh, is made with grace and everyone is made for uh, grace. Absolutely. Yeah. And as a leader, how do you understand the issues of welcoming all people? Is this a social justice thing? Is it more? Yeah, I think a lot of people would claim the the, the issue of... Um, being inclusive is being a justice issue. And I think it is that, but I don't think that's the fullness of it at all. For me, the issue of inclusivity of all people, and then we're talking about LGBT people because mm-hmm. that's the hot button issue for the church today, Correct. but but it's all people. It, it is an issue of evangelism. It gets to the very heart and the very essence of what the gospel looks like. I mean, Jesus had this way of just always identifying people on the margins and people on the outskirts and people who've been shunned and marginalized by society. And and it was those people that he loved nothing more than to give his attention to, to give his love to. And in these experiences with Jesus, these people who otherwise society would forget about or uh, marginalize, they're brought into the center of what it means to be loved by God. And so many of them, time and time again in these stories, um, have stories of redemption, that this experience with Jesus redeemed their life. And so for me, for the church to welcome all people um, is for the church to live into the great, massive, mysterious, beautiful call of Christ that says everybody um, is deserving of God's love and everybody is is made as a child of God and everybody is at least offered and, and challenged to live into the, ch- the, the call of discipleship, um, to lay down our life, to take up our cross, to follow Jesus. And we shouldn't be putting barriers and lines of division and walls between us um, if that's the call to everybody, we should open those doors as wide as possible because following Jesus is hard enough. I mean, who are we to put divisions on who's allowed to even do it? Exactly. Yep. It's something you work for every day. Absolutely. So it's really an evangelism thing. We, we really make it a point to say, I mean, justice is definitely a part of it and, and rights and access. But but more than that, it's, it's about a life-changing experience with Christ. And it's about the church fostering that, that life-changing um, experience for and all And everyone people. deserves that opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's great. So that's going to wrap up this first episode. So thank you so much for your insights. Um, next week, kind of what do we want to hit on? We're going to hit more of the future of Trinity Church? Yeah, I think we. I want to talk about the future of this church, but also in light of the future of just churches in general. I think a lot of us are in similar places and struggling to find out what does the 21st century have for the church? What are the challenges we face? What are the religious habits that people have who are coming to our church or maybe not coming to our church? And, um, well, and attendance numbers are interesting, oh, yeah. too. The ebb and flow constantly. Are more people going to church or are they not? Yeah, or, or are more people going to church? less frequently. Yes. Uh, we live busy lives, you know, so really looking at all of that and uh, maybe speaking a word that, that a church leader somewhere could say, you know, that we could look at things a little bit differently about our future uh, in light of maybe some stuff we could discuss. 
That's awesome. Um, to all of our listeners, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We've really enjoyed talking with you today. Um, and please leave us a review. We'll see you next time on Faith Revisited.